Hi, this is Alex Granado, Senior Reporter for Education NC, and you're listening to Ed Talk. Today, I'm sitting with Larry Colburn. He is the president of the Mebbin Foundation in Davie County. Larry, thank you for being here today. Thanks for coming to town, Alex. So um, start by telling our listeners a little bit about the Mebbin Foundation. What do you all do? Okay, the Mebbin Foundation, let me start by saying it was uh, started by a gentleman named Alan Mebbin. Um, he's one of the gentlemen that originally started the uh, launched the company Unify, the textile giant here in Yakin County. Um, he moved here, and in 1998, he started the foundation, but it really didn't take off until about 2001, Alex, when he had retired in 2000, and he transferred some privately held stock into the foundation, about $20 million worth. And after that, we started to make some pretty large initial investments around the state of North Carolina. In 2008, Alan passed away, and in part of his estate settlement, another $20 million went into the foundation. So we've had about $40 million we've given, you know, that we have in the foundation. Interestingly enough, if I were to look at the foundation today, Alex, we have about $36 million still in the foundation, but I look back at the numbers yesterday, we've given away north of $25 million in 17 years, just being what I would consider a small foundation compared to some of the bigger players in the state of North Carolina. And so what, what kind of, um, of things do you fund? Um, mainly literacy initiatives. Um, I don't want to use the word interventions too much. But we just want to make sure that we can help children no matter where they are in life, you know, whether what their zip code is um, or the walk of life they come from, that by third grade, they're able to read at the third grade level. That's something that Alan really, really believed was important, and that's what we still to this day strive to do. And, and so how did this interest in literacy start? Well, the story has it, and I used to speak to Alan, like I said, I, I got, had a chance to work with Alan for about 18 months. Uh, a manufacturing company had in Burlington, North Carolina back in the late 60s, he found that a lot of his floor workers and managers weren't able to read blueprints. So he actually started a small school run by the company to help ensure that his workers could read at a level he needed to be sure they were productive. So that's how it all started. But the more he did, he was a big reader. Uh, he figured out pretty quickly how to catch kids quicker, a lot earlier in life to make sure they're able to succeed in life. And that's where his passion came from starting in 2000. He really put his money where his mouth was. Can you give me an example of, of some of the groups that you all have funded that are that are doing work in literacy and, and talk a little bit about what they do? Sure. I mean, we have we fund organizations. I'll give you a good example of an organization that we fund, Alex. One is the uh, the Hill Center in Durham, North Carolina. They're known across the street, actually across the nation, for you know uh, helping kids with um, reading differences, trying to learn to read. So we've been with them as partners since, gosh, since 2005 maybe. Uh, so that's an organization. We've partnered with school systems like uh, Morrisville Greater District. We're currently in a large partnership with Davie County Schools. We had a large three-year commitment with more county schools. Um, so we go, again, we'll partner with organizations, with uh, individuals. Uh, we'll partner with school systems, wherever we feel like we can add value. Uh, we consider ourselves, or I consider myself, a convener. I mean, I try to bring top minds to the table that can help each other. And we just become that funder, that initial injection of cash. Your organization I mentioned, it's in Davie County. We're actually in Moxville, Correct. North Carolina. Um, and so tell people a little bit about Moxville and about the larger Davie County. If, if they haven't been here before, give them a snapshot of it. Um, it's rural, but it's not rural. I mean, we're just outside Winston-Salem, about 20 minutes outside Winston-Salem. So we're a suburb. Uh, but depending on which side of the county you go to, um, and there are a lot of different things going on. I mean, I live on the side of the county closest to Winston-Salem. Most folks are leaving town and going into Winston-Salem to work. On this side, the Moxville side, that may not be the case. Um, so it's your typical suburb, well spread out. Um, everybody knows everybody else, over 40,000 people here. It's just a great community. 
and, and basically, logistically, the reason we're here, Alex, is because back in the late or mid-80s, I should say, Allen, uh, again, running Unify, which is actually based as far as the, the larger facilities are actually in Yadkin County, corporate headquarters in Greensboro. So he and his wife, Mary Ann, purchased a property here in Davie County. So logistically, it just made sense to, as we do partnerships, a lot of the larger ones that we've done in the past have been right here in Davie County because it's just the perfect size of a school system that we can really inject some cash and try and make some things work that might be out there that normally on a bigger school system, you really wouldn't want to give it a shot. Um, so it's worked out well. And you mentioned working with the school system here in Davie County. Tell us a little bit about them. Sure. Um, the school system, you know, we've been here, Alan's been here, or you know, had been here till to this time, I got here in 2007. Um, we've done major initiatives, well in excess of $8 million over the last 10 years. The most recent one is probably the most exciting one for, for us, or for me especially. Um, as an organization, we're really very much focused on metrics now. We've, we should have been all along, but as a, a board, we met last September and talked about, okay, what can we do to sharpen, sharpen what we do? Um, so to make a long story short, at our board meeting in uh, this past April, we decided to fund a $2.5 million five-year project with Davie County Schools with two very simple metrics. And that, those were, number one, let's increase our kindergarten readiness uh, percentages. And number two, let's increase our uh, EOG scores to make them the top in the state. So right now, when in 2022, our goal would be that 90% of kids, as they enter kindergarten, are ready for kindergarten. Right now, it's right around 70%. And in 2022, our EOG scores, 80% uh, of our kids should be reading at a third grade level. Right now, historically, it's been between 65 and 67%. Both those numbers, if they attain them, will be tops in the state. And that's, that's a pretty lofty goal, but I think we can do it. And I think as a partner with the Davie County School System and other partners, that's a huge opportunity, not only for us, but for the state to take a look at what we're doing. And so I want to come back to Davie County in a little bit, but let's talk about education in North Carolina mm -hmm. more broadly. Um, when you look at the education system in North Carolina, what do you see as, as uh, both some of the challenges and, and some of the, the good things going on? Um, I, guess, I guess some of the challenge, let me go with the challenges first, because that's a lot of time what we look at, how can we make those challenges and opportunities. Uh, I would say two things. I guess first of all for me, and I would foundation folks would agree, would be teacher retention and teacher recruiting, recruitment. Um, that, that's a two that's a two prong piece uh, from a, from a recruitment standpoint. We need to put out more good teachers. I mean, the schools of education need to, to give us top notch teachers, and I feel sometimes that the tail's wagging the dog. When the teachers get to the school system, we want to make sure they have the skills that they need to do a great job in the school system in this this day and age in 2017. And sometimes I wonder, are we doing a good job with that? Um, the second piece would be retention. Once we get these teachers. How do we keep them? And I think part of the issue, yeah, it's funding. It's you know making sure they're paid well. But I the other piece of the puzzle is their leadership, need administration. Are they getting the support they need from principals? I mean, are principals trained correctly to do what they need to do so their teachers are given everything they need and, and to a certain extent, um, superintendents as well? So I think that's one of the challenges. But the other challenge, and this is to, this is a Larry theory. So we have you have a second. Uh, you know, it's funding. I mean, when you think about funding for education, you immediately go to state funding or federal funding. Uh, and while that's true, and I believe that the state needs to do a little better job funding education, I think municipalities and local, local I, I guess, uh, funders, I mean, um, local government need to do a better job. If you were to look at uh, 2016 numbers, okay, the average cost per student in North Carolina last year was somewhere around $9,300 in North Carolina. 
in, in the rest of the country, the average is well, was north of $12,800 per student. Well, immediately people jump on the bandwagon and say, okay, well, the state needs to give more money. Well, the reality is most of those top performing states, the money, the, the excess $3,000 is coming from local government, whether that's the municipality or the county. So I think as we look at it as a state, we need to understand that our, our municipalities and our local government need to play probably a bigger role. Well, let me give you an example, Alex. Um, this year we gave two and a half million dollars or committed two and a half million dollars to Davie County Schools. All right. That's about five hundred thousand dollars a year for the next five years to 2022. And that's only a hundred dollars per student. If you if you take that out, there's about sixty seven hundred kids in Davie County. That's less than a hundred dollars per child per year. Let's say in 2022 we move the needle. We get the numbers that we had hoped to get. We're number one in the state with EOG scores at 80 percent and we're in one of the tops for kindergarten readiness. As a municipality, wouldn't you think, or a local government, that that made sense to fund that initial $500,000 a year to maintain those numbers and be at the top at the top tier in the state of North Carolina? Now, a lot of times, you know, the short term would be, you know, no one wants to raise taxes. So I would say to people, okay, so for example, let's say we raise a penny on taxes in Davie County on property taxes. I'm guessing that's probably half a million dollars a year. Then folks would say, well, no one wants to raise taxes. But ask yourself this. So from an economic development standpoint, what brings new business and what brings new families to a community? What's one of the number one things? A top education, a public school education. So, you know, it, it, it should take care of itself. Um, to me, and, and, you know, then it's a voter decision. I mean, and what Alan would always say when Alan was alive, you know, he said, we teach kids to read by third grade. They're going to become good citizens. They're going to be critical thinkers and they become great employees. So if you fast forward to 2022, if we're creating that type of citizen who are critical thinkers because they're learning to read, the fact to vote on a, for, and again, hypothetically, a one penny increase, that should be a no-brainer because everybody wins. You bring, in, you bring in new business, you bring in new families, kids are reading at a much higher level, all for half a million dollars, which really in a, in a, in a large budget of $56 million, wherever it might be, that, that's not a lot of money. I wouldn't expect North Carolina to fund that. That should be a local government, whether it's Davie County or another county, if you have that kind of success. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. And so the other half of my original question, what, what are some of the good things you see going on in North Carolina education? I think at this point, the state of North Carolina is, is, is paying more attention and doing a better job, I think, of, of recognizing. I think we've always recognized that teachers are important. Principles are important. I think there's enough of a, a, a grassroots effort now, and I think our legislators in Raleigh are listening. I, th I think we're going to a better place. I think that's starting to happen. But again, as, as a North Carolinian, I think sometimes we, we have to keep in mind, it's just not the state of North Carolina. Um, I think as a county, as a community, we have to take some ownership too of what it is we're trying to do in education. Um, th that's, that's how I look at it. I mean, that's, that's a positive. That's definitely a positive. And so uh, for the Meppin Foundation, where do you see you all going in the future? Are you going to stick with literacy? Are you going to branch out and, into more diverse education topics? So what do you see ahead? Yeah, I think we're definitely going to stay on the literacy track. I think you'll already see in our case, Alex, we've already dropped back. Initially, we are K through three. Um, but, you know, with many conversations and reading the research, we know we have to drop back to pre-K to three, get those children before they get into kindergarten. And even now I'm having conversations with daycares and folks in the business say, listen, Larry, you really need to come back to the two and three-year-olds to get these children ready for kindergarten. Because 
you know, it, they're just not showing up ready for kindergarten. And unless they are, they're already behind the curve before they ever prepare to get to third grade. Um, so we're very narrow in our focus, but that's something Alan believed in, and that's something we'll continue to stick with. It seems it's interesting that you say that because it seems like there is more emphasis from organizations, from school districts, and even from the state on early childhood education. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the importance of focusing on that area to the larger question of providing a quality education? Yeah, I mean, I mean again, all I can do is go back to, back to the research and everything I've been told by teachers as they speak to teachers and leadership and education. You know, if we catch a child by third grade and they can read at the third grade level, it goes up exponentially their, their opportunity to actually get out of high school, number one, but exponentially how they're going to turn out in life. I mean, if they learn to read, again, back to Alan's, it's just so basic. I mean, I keep telling people they become critical thinkers and they become good citizens. And at the end of the day, if you have those, those two things, it pretty much takes care of itself. I mean, um, but again, if you can't read and you can't read and comprehend, you really don't have a foundation or a basis to work from. And so you're, you're working with the Davie County School District, you're working with some other school districts, you, you have a sense of, of what's going on with education in North Carolina. Where do you see it going? Um, I think the landscape is already starting to change. You now see school choice. I mean, and, I, and I, I believe in school choice. Now, it has to be regulated. There's no question in my mind. But I think as a parent, you should have the ability and you should have, you know, have the opportunity to have your child go to school where you think it's best for that child to go to succeed in life. Um, I get a lot of pushback, obviously. I mean, our, our business is public school systems. So if I start talking school choice, I'm talking everything from private school to charter school. Uh, but at the end of the day, I always say to people, if, you know, I put the Colburns in that situation. If my two sons were in a school that was not serving them best, I could probably stroke a check tomorrow and put them either in a private school or move them to a different neighborhood to make sure they went to the school we want them to go to. A lot of families in the state of North Carolina don't have that ability. So, so I agree with school choice. I mean, I think that's an opportunity that, uh, that we're taking advantage of now in Raleigh. Again, I'm not going to be probably popular for saying that, but again, it has, it has to be regulated. Do you have any other topics you want to cover that I haven't mentioned? No, I mean, I, I would just say the foundation a lot of times when I talk to people, you know, our goal is simple. I mean, it's, it's, it's as cut and dry as it could possibly be. I would say to folks, in a generation, the most important thing, the best thing we can hope for is a foundation that every child, you know, by the time he or she gets to third grade, is able to read at the third grade level. And I don't care what neighborhood they come from or what their walk of life is. If we can do that in the next generation, I think we'll be much better off than where we are now. And that's, that's why I go to work every day. Well, Larry, thanks so much for talking with me. I enjoyed it. I've been talking with Larry Colburn. He's the president of the Mebbin Foundation in Davie County. And I'm Alex Granados, senior reporter for Education NC. And you've been listening to Ed Talk. Thanks for listening.